0: All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God's good, right? This is a, uh, an excellent attendance for a global pandemic, right? Hallelujah. <laughs> praise the Lord. Let's turn in our Bibles to uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to start in verse 25. Go to the end of the chapter. A few verses. The writer of Hebrews is giving a warning about uh, refusing God. Uh, He's encouraging them to have faith, and uh, this particular group of people are in a very difficult time, a time of intense persecution and just really um, struggling in the faith. And so he's encouraging them to maintain their faith through difficult circumstances. And he says in verse 25, See to it that you do not refuse Him who speaks to you. If they did not escape when they refused Him who warned them on earth, how much less will we, if we turn away from Him, who warns us from heaven? At that time, His voice shook the earth. But now, He has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that that which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God Acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord. And, um, Lord, we just pray that you speak your words today, Lord God. Hide me behind your cross, Lord. Speak your words, Lord, like an oracle from heaven, Lord God. Let it be words of the Holy Spirit, like fire consuming hearts, Lord God. Bless this word. In your name, I pray. And everybody said, amen hallelujah i was reading real carefully there not because i was trying to have a dramatic effect but usually i put my scriptures in my notes in bigger letters <laughs> i was having a little trouble reading actually praise the lord um, the title of my sermon i'm going to warn you before i get into this um, i'm not making light of the situation that we're in we're in a global pandemic and everybody is uh, should be very cautious and very careful and uh should be um, should wash your hands and I didn't say start washing your hands. Okay, some are like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Let's start washing our hands. We're not starting to wash our hands, right? Amen. We've all been washing our hands all along. We really haven't changed, right? So we're washing our hands. We're also using the sanitizer and and um and one thing that um I don't want to do is make light of that, and I don't want um, us not to do the things that are responsible in a time like this when, you know, our public officials are trying to protect the public from a virus. Um, but at the same time, uh, the title of my message is The Wuhan Shake. The Wuhan Shake. And the only reason I chose that title is because I want you to remember this time. I want you to remember every time that there is a shaking of the things around you. And so the only way I can get you to remember this time of the Wuhan shake is by preaching the message in this way. So what I'm trying to do is stress that over the course of your lifetime, things around you are going to shake. And this scripture gives you the key of interpretation of what should I be learning when everything around me shakes? And so I'm playfully using this title because I was watching, watching the news and, um, I was seeing all the different ways people were, uh, engaging with one another. And, you know, normally when you see somebody in public or especially at church, you're like, man, I gotta shake their hand. And so now everybody puts a hand out and everybody like, uh, just assumes, hey, I don't know about that hand. You know, and you're just kind of like, Oh. And you then you finally touch it. And so I was watching the different ways in public they were trying to deal with. How do we shake hands? We don't know what to do. You know, the Oriental culture, they were a little more uh prepared for this. They just bow. You know, but that's kind of awkward to train yourself to bow, you know. And so as I was watching the news, I some of you probably seen the clip from Wuhan, China, the the epicenter of the of the pandemic. And uh they were doing what they called the Wuhan shake. I thought, man, that's really cool. That sounds like a dance. And so, uh, Bob, let's demonstrate the Wuhan shake here. Okay, can you do it? Maybe you can't. You got a bad knee, don't you, Mike? You can do it. All right. Let's see here. It, it takes a lot of concentration. Here's the Wuhan shake. Okay, ready? One, two. Three. Okay, can you remember that? That's the Wuhan shake. That's how they're shaking hands in Wuhan. China, so they don't get the virus. But what I want you to remember is there are all kinds of... um, How many know that there have been dance crazes? And I'm not telling you this is a global dance craze. I'm telling you this is what they're doing during a pandemic. But I want you to remember this message because you're going to have shakings throughout your life. And if you don't remember this, you're not going to remember what God wanted you to learn during the shaking. Because sometimes we go through a shaking... And God allows it to happen. You know, God didn't say, oh, no, it got through my defenses. You know, I totally didn't plan for this pandemic. Uh, it just caught me off guard too, you know. Uh, God is saying in Hebrews there that things are going to be shaken. And there's a purpose for the shaking, and this message is about that purpose. Now, so I'm going into dance crazes, not to make light of it, but I'm trying to help you remember when something was a global craze, okay, and how everybody was doing it, all right? So just just think of some of these. <clears throat> I went through the list here. Achy, breaky heart. Now, I've seen a little bit of embarrassment, a little bit of blushing. And by the way, you say, man, why do you have a sense of humor during a pandemic? Can I tell you something? I have a sense of humor during pandemics. I have a sense of humor when my life has fallen apart. I have a sense of humor at all times because I'm not acting any different. You know, if I'm in the worst situation of my life and you say, well, you haven't been through much, I've been through a lot. And I can tell you in the worst times of my life, guess what? I still have a sense of humor. And so achy, breaky heart, if you don't think that's funny. See, back when we were all one of that mullet and we were doing the achy, breaky heart dance, I know nobody here did that. This is Kentucky. We're advanced and much more civilized than that right the carlton yeah there was there was the carlton i even went back the 1963 was the chicken dance 1980 was the cotton eyed joe and there's all these global dance craze you go down the whole list it's pretty funny because you look back and you remember hey that's what Globally, everybody was doing, we don't know why everybody was just doing it though. But you know, there are also shakings that we can remember. We can go back and we can remember the 9-11 shake. You say, why are you call it the shake? There wasn't a dance. No, but we can remember everybody was shaken. How many remember on 9-11 when everything was shaken that could be shaken? the economy was shaken the people were shaken terrorism took center stage like it never had before how many remember the cold war the cold war shake i'm trying to help you remember times because you remember the dance craze we remember but i need you to go back and remember when life was shaken and everybody was doing the cold war shake right We were afraid that a nuclear bomb was going to end our civilization at any moment, and everything was shaken. All of our security was shaken. All of our confidence was shaken. All of our hopes and dreams, in a lot of cases, were shaken. How many remember when uh, the stock market uh, completely crashed? I think it was, what was it, 1987? 87? And it crashed, and you've seen people jumping out of, of windows, because their fortune had been shaken. You know, the economy was shaken. Everybody was uh, just really tore up over the shaking. And um, I wrote a few here, how about the, the border crisis immigration shake? Remember we were all doing that dance? There was a mass group of people who were heading toward the border, and it's unprecedented. And man, we've just never seen anything like this. It's the greatest shaking our world has ever seen. How many remember that just a few months ago? We were all doing the dance, weren't we? It was like the hula hoop, right? We were all doing the dance. How many remember the police riding dance? How many remember that? Everybody was in the streets. The police are terrible. The police aren't doing their job. It's anarchy. We've never seen anything like this. Well, man, it went out of the fad's no longer here. I'm still doing the police riot dance, but they've already moved on to something else. Amen? And I'm not saying this is a fad. This is a very serious pandemic. But what I am saying is there are going to be shakings that shake the entire world. Some are very real. Some are very artificial. Some are truly, you know, if you lived through World War II... How many know that was a shaking of everything below your feet? Housing market collapse. How many know that was a shaking? How about your family? Have you ever had a shaking where it looked like all hope was gone in your family? Maybe you lost somebody, maybe you went through unemployment. Maybe you went through financial situations. Maybe you went through bankruptcy. Anybody ever had a family shaking? Just me. Man, I've had a terrible life. Everybody here hasn't, and I'm the only one. I thought this message was applicable, but I don't know. I just took my notes. Oh, that's not my notes. Okay. Personal shaking, family's fine, but man, I've got some health problems. You know, I'm having struggle with my emotions, my depression, my anger. you ever had a personal shaking where it just seems like everything around you shaking? And I'm going to tell you the best one, the Arby's Jamocha shake. Have may have ever had that one? It's a good one. I like that one. I'm glad somebody liked that. i I had a lot of fun when I put that in my notes. I was just thinking really good shakes, you know. But in Hebrews here, he says, don't refuse the Lord when He speaks. if you do not if they did not escape when they refused him, who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him? Who warns us from heaven? Okay, first of all, what's he warn, warning us about from heaven? And what you begin to realize is there is a shaking that is spoke of more in the Bible than any other subject. I mean, this subject is addressed hundreds of times in the Bible, and it's the second coming of the Lord. It's the tribulation period. And it's talking about everything in heaven and everything on earth is going to be finally shaken, everything's going to shake, everything's going to fall apart at the seams, everything's going to be worse than every other tragedy we've had on the face of the earth from the beginning until now, and it's all gonna happen in one seven year period. We're gonna have in fact you you wonder what was it like to live during the bubonic plague? They called it the Black Death because it went all across Europe and the majority, a large percentage of the population died. And in every town, you've seen the plague was everywhere. How many know that that's different than what we're experiencing? I mean, there were, everybody was touched by somebody dying from bubonic plague and it was spread all across the earth. Well, the Bible says in the tribulation period, God wants us to escape what's about to come upon the earth. And he says, we're going to have plagues and pestilence worse than it's ever been on the earth. You say, what a wonderful message, Chad. You're supposed to give us hope and confidence. And that's coming, but i got to set it up, right? I mean, I did say Jamocha shakes, you know. Pretty encouraging. But this... All through the Bible, he talks about this shaking that's going to finally occur. Look at Isaiah 65, 17. For behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth. Well, if he creates a new heaven and a new earth, what's going to happen to the old one? Gone. You say, my boat and my car and my house and everything? Yeah, it's all going to be gone. It's all going to burn up and dissolve with fervent heat, the Bible says. And the former things will not be remembered or they will not even come to your mind. So everything that's here is going to be gone. All that's going to be left is that which is eternal. The Bible speaks very clearly about it. Isaiah 66, 22, For just as the new heaven and the new earth, which I make, will endure before me, declares the Lord, so will you, your name will endure. 2 Peter three ten. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away, and roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burned up with it. second Peter 3:13 but according to his promise, we are looking for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells because you know this earth that we live on righteousness doesn't dwell. Revelation 21, here's the answer and then I saw John had a vision of this day. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away and there is no longer any sea. So no more sea and a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, Psalm 102.26, Even they will perish, but you endure, and all of them will wear out like a garment, like clothing you change, and they will all be changed. So God is going to um, have a period of time where everything is going to be shaken So in order to prepare us for everything to be shaken, guess what God does in the world that we live in? He has periodic shakings. And so if God doesn't periodically shake us up, how will He ever prepare us for the day when everything is shaken and everything is changed and everything is transformed? And so we want to go through a world on a cloud and we want to say, hey God, uh, why do these things happen and why should they happen and why do they happen? And Hebrews gives us the answer and he says, if you turn away from him who warns us from heaven, at that time his voice shook the earth but now he has promised once more he will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words, once more, indicate. He says at one time, His voice shook the earth. And He said if He shook the earth before, He's going to do it again as He has promised. The promised shaking is the shaking of everything. And when the earth begins to shake... Like Peter is promising here in his prophecy and all through the Bible, it talks about the shaking and the recreating of the heavens and the earth. It will be too late. When God finally rolls up this world, there will be no chance to receive the grace of God once it is all over. And God is saying, right now, I am sending periodic shakings because there are things that are attached to you that aren't good. And so he says... Right here he says, once more I will shake not only earth but also the heavens. The word once more indicate the removing of what can be shake, shaken. Now this word indicate is a very interesting word that you might miss. It's the word D-E-L-O-O, delu. And several places in the Bible it is a word, Exodus 6, this is Old Testament equivalent to the word, uh, he talks about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, but my name, Lord, I will make myself known. It's that word. You go to uh, Exodus 33, the Lord said to Moses, Thou shalt say to me, Bring up the people, um, but you have not let me know whom it is that sends me. You have only said, I have known you by name, uh, and you have found favor in my sight. Abraham is saying, I want to know who you are that is sending me. And everywhere I go in the Old Testament, I've got about 20 scriptures there. I'm not going to read all of them, but that word Lu" in the Old Testament and New Testament means that God is giving an uh unveiling of Himself. He is revealing Himself to us. Uh, so when it says that it says to make manifest or to make clear who God is. So God says when he shakes everything, it indicates, and, and, and you just pass that over. You would say, well, man, it just indicates. It's just saying what he's talking about, right? No, he's saying, I'm revealing something to my people. I'm clearly revealing something through the shaking. I'm revealing myself through the shaking. I'm revealing, I'm manifesting something. And sometimes we go through the shaking just like the world. We do the global dance. And we don't realize what God is trying to reveal to those who will know him. And so he begins to shake and everything starts to shake. Everything starts to... And we in ourselves have a crisis of faith sometimes. And we say, God, are you there? Maybe you're going through your personal crisis. You Maybe I have ever been there? Am I the only one? I've been through a personal crisis and I'm thinking, God, why? Why is everything around me shaking? Why is nothing stable? Why is not understandable? Why do I not have the wisdom to understand? And God allows everything around you to shake. And Hebrews says God is trying to reveal, manifest, make you aware of something. And you say, well, man, what is it that he's trying To manifest or make aware to me. Another interesting word there is, it says, Once more I will shake the earth but also the heavens. The words once more indicate, that's the revealing, the manifesting of who God is. He's going to manifest the removing. Another word you might miss. This word in the Greek is metathesis. Metathesis, what does metathesis mean? It means transferring, implying a change, literally the act of transferring from one place to another, and so the removal or taking away. In fact, it's the same word used for Enoch being translated. It means God is taking something from you and giving you something else. And so what is God trying to reveal through the shaking? And what do we need to remember every time there is a shaking? And how should we behave when there is a shaking? And God is saying He's removing all of those things that are temporary to give you things. The only thing that will be remaining after God gets done shaking is those things which are eternal. You say, well, man, I don't know. The world needs a good shaking. The world needs a good shaking, right? Because they got all kinds of wrong ideals and bad ideals, and maybe it will drive them back to God. And I would submit to you, the shaking is much more beneficial for someone who has faith in God. Because how many times in your life have you had hopes and dreams? I've had times in my life where I've said, Man I hope this happens, and then I kind of think to myself, does God really want that to happen in my life? <laughs> you know is that really something that's God's will in my life or do I just want it? And so sometimes God begins to shake in your life and your prayers are not answered and sometimes you pray and you you follow all the patterns of the Bible and it says, uh, if you ask it, he'll do it." You know, if you say it, it'll happen. And you say it, it doesn't happen. You have faith and it doesn't happen. And oh boy, here comes the shaking. It's like, a, how many have ever seen a dandelion when it's ready for the seeds to be distributed in the air and you can just blow it? It's like, whew. And so here I am. I've got all the faith in the world and I'm praying for God to do this. I'm praying for God to do that in my life. And man, it doesn't happen. It's like, God, you care about me, right? I've got this, I've got this thousand dollar bill that I need to pay. And you said that you care about me. I'm the only one that's ever been there. You guys are looking at me like I'm the most faithless human being you've ever seen. That's okay. That's how I learn. But you have this bill and, and you prayed and you believe and boy, there are some times that God comes in and just answers that prayer. How many know that's true? But there are some times where your faith is shaken. Shaken. Like you didn't answer it and you did that intentionally and why did you do it and I'm mad at God, I'm mad at you, why did you do it? Well, maybe it's because something's holding on to you in the financial world. Like maybe I trust in money more than I trust in God. I'm just telling you, how would God shake that off of you? Because if God doesn't shake that off of your life, guess what's going to happen every time there's a slight financial downturn? Think what's going to happen to you every time there's a global pandemic and all the economy is going south. Guess what you're going to do? You've been unshaken. You've never been tested in that area. You've never had to trust God when your bank account has nothing. So now you have nothing to offer to anybody when the finances go sour. And I'm telling you, God will shake your life. And when He shakes your life, mark it because God finally is able to teach us something about Himself. He's revealing and manifesting Himself through the shaking. And so every shaking that we have, in fact, you go through a global pandemic and economic turndown, and uh, you see so many somber faces, and praise God when you can see somebody who's been through something, somebody who's trusted God, somebody that's not running from danger but are running in. And I was reading this story, and I actually uh, put the story in my notes and somehow it disappeared. I don't know how, but it was about a preacher who was uh, around during the time of one of the plagues several hundred years ago. And uh, he was taking the advice of public officials. And so everybody was trying to have what uh, we call uh, social distancing. And this is back a couple hundred years ago. And so those who had the ability were kind of getting out of the city and going out to the country. And so he had some relatives in the country, and he was going to go stay with them and kind of social distance, you know. And uh, as he was leaving, he was a pastor. And as he was leaving, uh, he overheard somebody behind his back saying, well, his God must only live in the country. <laughs> and uh, he heard that and he was like, really? And so he ended up turning around and saying, you know what, I'm going to trust God through this. And he dedicated himself to helping those who had the plague. And he didn't get it. Now, there's a chance he could have gotten it. You know, you say, oh, no, if he has faith, he won't get it. How about trusting God? How about not telling God how to be God? How about trusting God through everything? How about trusting God through pandemics? How about trusting God through economic downturns? How about trusting God when people close to you pass away? And I'm just saying, God, one of the greatest things He's ever done to me is shake me. Shake all that stuff on me that's not right with Him. And I don't know any other way for God to remove that stuff in my life but to shake me. And so what God is doing, He's manifesting Himself through the shaking so that which cannot be shaken is left and that which can be shaken is removed. Do you see that in that scripture? It's very clear. He's shaking so it will be removed what is not good and will remain what is good. He said, well, man, Chad, I could actually lose my life with that plague. So that's why we wash our hands. That's why we follow precautions. That's why we do all those things. But church, we're not afraid to die. Some people are more afraid of getting coronavirus which usually, honestly, just means a runny nose and and a 99-degree temperature from what I've seen, but you could actually die from it. But I'm a Christian. I'm not afraid to die, right? I'm not afraid to talk to people. I'm not going to be paralyzed by fear. I'm not going to be paralyzed by anxiety. I'm not going to live my life abnormally. In fact, uh, my uh, son's AAU coach, he's he's seven foot tall, Luke Zeller, and he sent an email this week and he uh, was talking about being Israel. And he was talking about how he played basketball in Israel, and he was talking about fear and how you live your life. And uh, he was saying that when he was in Israel, there was a major threat from Hamas, and they were bombing several areas, which basically is normal life for them. And so they were sending him bomb shelters, and he was trying to figure out, can a seven-footer fit in a bomb shelter? And, uh, and so he asked him, he said, uh, hey, is... Uh, how do you guys live like this all the time? He said, he said, um, he said we just act normal. He said, well, how can you do that when your life is threatened all the time? He said, because if we don't act normal, they win. They win. And so in life, God wants a, a group of people that live life in a God that they trust and nothing else. I don't trust the stock market. I don't trust my pocketbook. I don't trust uh, the media. I don't, I, all these things I don't put my trust, I put my trust in God. And one scripture that's really, well, let me go and finish this one here. You go on down and it says, once more I will shake not only the earth but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what cannot be shaken, that is, created things or that which can be shaken that created things, so that that which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, you hear that? We're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Hallelujah. Turn to Psalm 91, if you would. Psalm 991 is a very fascinating psalm. In fact, aside from Psalm 23, it might be the most popular psalm in the Bible. And nobody knows who wrote it. It's anonymous. It's uh, packaged right after the psalm of Moses, which is Psalm 90, which is uh, probably the oldest of the psalms. And so some people think that Moses may have written it, but they're really not sure. And uh, But here's what's really fascinating about the psalm. Let me read it here. It says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So I want you to see the writer of this psalm is just dwelling in God's presence. He's resting under the shadow of the Almighty. All right? And then he goes on and he says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. If you study the Hebrew here, they will tell you this is more than just, I trust God, I love God. It's literally, I'm seamed in with God. We're one. Like we're seamed together. We're inseparable I've decided that I'm going to trust him and nobody else. And so he goes on and he says, So this is actually three different, um, three different, uh, individuals are speaking here, which makes it really difficult to interpret. But it says, I will say, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And then it goes to a different person. It says, Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow by day nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness and the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall by your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked If you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, there is no harm that will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. They will lift you up in in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent because he loves me. Says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him from from the acknowledges for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Do you see that I will be with him in trouble? I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now this scripture is a promise to anybody that dwells in the presence of the Most High, anybody that rests under His wing. And the problem that a lot of people have had with that Scripture is, in fact, this Scripture is a Scripture that, uh, if you look at the stories connected to that Scripture, I mean, there's there's men who have been in the military, and that's the, that's the uh, Scripture that is emblazoned on the front of their Bibles. And it's it's a very well-known scripture and many people have recited it and have been protected in war. They've been protected in pestilence. They've been protected in famine. They've been protected in situations where there was no hope and God miraculously delivered them. But there have also been people that have died of the plague, that trusted the Lord. How many know that? There have been people that have died in war that have trusted the Lord. There have been those who are in the shadow of the Almighty that have suffered damages at times. And so a lot of people struggle. They say, well, man, how do I reconcile? God is always going to protect me. God is always going to take care of me. If I ask Him, He will always answer. If I say it, He will always do it. If I'm in faith, and a lot of people's faith get this, and listen to this, church, a lot of people's faith have been shipwrecked because they believe that nothing would ever happen because they're in the shadow of the Almighty. And can I tell you some truth today? God can deliver you from anything. The Almighty's whose presence you're in, it's under the shadow of His wings. But the Lord said, I... Well, hold on. I thought Satan was shaking the world. He said, I will shake. And the reason I am shaking is because everything that is not eternal will fall off. And everything that is good and will last forever will stay. And church, can I tell you something? When you're in the shadow of the Almighty, He loves us. You say, well, man, it don't feel like it because somebody died in my family. It doesn't feel like it because I lost my job. It doesn't feel like it because God's shaking everything around me. And I could just see me in God's presence in the times that were the hardest that I ever had. I could see God just shaking. You know, he's just looking at me. How many have ever had, I was going to say a Barbie doll, but you'll think I play with Barbies. And you just kind of shake that toy off, you know. You ever see the little kids, they clean them up, they take care of them, they comb their hair. I've never played with Barbie dolls. I think I had a big dump truck. I had a dump truck and some military vehicles. And you just shake all the dirt off of them, you clean them up. How many I've ever done something like that. <laughs> see, now last week I talked about reading a women's devotional, and now I'm talking about. But you ever seen a child, and it's like they had that treasured toy, and they're just they're cleaning it up, wiping the dirt off of it? And I can see a precious child. See, he's, he's riding me too now. So. But I can just see us in the presence of the Lord. And how many of you know the Lord is a consuming fire? The Lord purges those He loves. He purifies those He loves. And God knows what's beneficial in our lives. How many know that? And you say, well, man, you know, Chad, you don't understand. I lost somebody in my life that meant everything to me. Spiritually, they were my rock. Spiritually, they were the one that led me and guided me. And now I'm mad at God because that person's no longer in my life. God is trying to shake it off of you. You Say, well, man, I need that person. They're like a crutch for a person that has a bad leg. They're like a wheelchair for a person that can't walk. They're like eyes for a person that can't see. I need them so bad. God's saying, no, you need to learn how to walk. No, I had to do that. God's like, I had to shake that from you because you need to learn how to walk. Because there's coming a day, God has these little shakings because He's trying to prepare us for these shakings. How many know that? If God loves you, He's not going to let you have all these things in your life that aren't pleasing to Him. And He's going to shake those things. You say, well, man, I, Chad, I just, I, I hate financial problems. Learn to trust God. Learn to do the right thing. You know why the righteous don't beg for bread? Because they work and they have a budget. I'm just being honest. The same wisdom literature in the Bible, right? The wisdom literature in the Bible is trying to free us from financial problems. Trying to free us from the attachment of of what what money does to us. You know, nine times out of ten, and I won't say I'm perfect in this area, but if something happens that damages me financially... Usually what I say in my heart is, it's only money. I don't care about money. Just money. Some of you are like, what? That is sacrilegious. You didn't get angry with the whole message until I said it's just money. And what I'm telling you is, God has ways of purging that love of money and that greed. And you say, well, man, I don't have any money, so I can't be greedy. Maybe that's why you don't have any money. Because you're greedy. Say, well, that's a paradox. I got to think about that. Go home and think about that. God is trying to purge those things, those ditches we keep falling in. You say, well, man, my problem is relationships. I get a good one and it goes bad, or I'm just not getting along, and it's like, okay, God's trying to purge that. He's shaking you. He's trying to say there's problems here. And so what God wants us to do, He wants us to remember, and I'm going to go back to my title here, the Wuhan Shake. This is the shaking of the global pandemic, right? How did you react when it came? How did you react in the aftermath? And the bigger question is, how are you going to react when the next shaking comes? Because here's the problem, we keep failing over and over when the shaking comes. And what God wants us to do is, through faith, make it through anything. And He wants to refine our faith, and He wants to refine our walk, and He wants us to be able to walk through with confidence in the Lord, walk through with a heart that just trusts the Lord. And, um, man, I wasn't going to go into this, but Habakkuk. Man, I love Habakkuk. Some of you that haven't read that book... The beginning of that book, it's very well worth the read, but Habakkuk is scared to death. His knees are literally trembling, and they're knocking together. He's just terrible fear. And you would be too if you got the message that he got from the Lord. Habakkuk had just got a prophetic revelation from God that the Babylonians were going to destroy his nation. And the Babylonians were nobody to mess around with. They were fierce. And so he was questioning God. He was upset. He was like, all is gone. All hope is gone. Everything is gone and we're going to be destroyed. And God, how can you do this? And why use the Babylonians? And before he was afraid and got that message, you know what he was praying? Saying, God, why don't you judge this nation for the wickedness in this nation? We are so wicked. Why do you not do something about the wickedness in our nation? And God says, okay, Habakkuk, I want to let you know what I'm doing just so you know. You are going to be judged by the Babylonians. And so he's scared to death because everything's falling apart. Everything's going to be gone. Everything he knows. They're going to go away and be sent away in slavery. How many know that? And so, if man, if there was ever a message we could get a hold of, it's Habakkuk's message. You say, well, what ended up happening? Habakkuk goes from knees trembling and scared to death and full of anxiety and fear and stress to dancing and singing and joy in the Lord. You say, does that mean that I can have joy even in a global pandemic? Well, yeah, his was actually a lot worse than your situation. You know, because I knew that I would survive. I really felt like I would survive the global pandemic, but I just didn't realize everybody else would too. You know, I thought I'd go outside from watching the news, and there would be bodies in the streets. And so, so I'm hoping I at least get a T-shirt that says I survived the global pandemic. You know, I'm sorry, but like I said, I I, I smile. Okay, I trust the Lord. All right, it could be a more serious situation. I would still trust the Lord. Um, but Habakkuk, God said, "Hey, I will give you hind feet." like a deer that's up in the mountains. And you say, well, what's that mean? He said, just look at that deer, because the deer get up in the tops of the mountains where nobody else can get. And he said, I will give you hind's feet like that deer, and you can just run up away from all of the trouble, and it won't ever touch your mind. And so Habakkuk began to understand that I can trust God because he's going to make me have hind's feet in high places. That means that he's going to seat me somewhere where I can watch and I can see that he's judging sin in the world, but he's going to protect me. So he gave him hind's feet in the high places, meaning I'm going to take you to places that only that deer can go. Because that deer will run somewhere. You know those deer? I see them around my house. They go in these areas. There's literally places around my house, acres and acres of land, where people haven't even walked on in 30 years. How many you know that? They go sit in those areas and they don't care about a war. They don't care about a pandemic. They're just living their life away from everybody. And God said spiritually, those who are in my presence, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you at peace. I'm going to take away the anxiety. You're going to know that God loves you. You're going to live in my shadow. If there's a shaking, you'll know that I'm just cleaning off all this worldly stuff that's attached to you, making sure it's not attached to you. I'm going to clean you up, and I'm going to, get, I'm going to fill you with the Holy Spirit, and you're going to make it through this just fine. Stand your feet, church. Eleven forty five, what's good into me? I guess. Please, like I said, I'm not taking this lightly. Be very serious about washing your hands. But but just know we can trust in the Lord, right? Hallelujah. We can trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you right now, Lord. Lord, we trust in you, Lord God. We'll have joy in you, Lord God. We'll bless your name, Lord. Father, we know that you're trying to reveal yourself through all of the struggles of this world around us. Lord, this world trusts in shaky things, Lord God. Their foundation is not good. But, Lord, our foundation is good, Lord God. Our mind is set at perfect ease in even the most dangerous situations, Lord God, because you are our God. We trust you, Lord God. We build our house upon a rock, Lord God. And when the storms come, Lord God, we don't budge. We don't move, Lord God. We don't fear. We don't have anxiety. We trust, Lord God. We're full of joy and full of peace, full of love, Lord God. We trust you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Church, I just want to encourage you. If you have anxiety... Maybe you're going through an individual shaking right now. Maybe you're going through a family shaking. Maybe you're going through a financial shaking. You say, well, man, financial only happens to certain people. No, it happens to all of us. If God didn't shake us all financially, then we'd have trust in money. I'm thankful for the financial shakings of my life because I don't want to be confident in money. I'm happy to have it. I don't want to be confident in it. Just bring it to the Lord. Bring the anxiety, the fears. If you need prayer, maybe you're going through a shaking of illness. And how many know that God is able at this moment, He's able to heal that. At any moment, God is able to just speak the words into existence, healing for whatever it is. No matter how severe, God doesn't look at it and say, well, that's a minor one, let's take that one. But that one's pretty serious. Let's not take that one. God is able to heal at any moment in your life. But then God is also able to use that as a shaking. How many know that? God is able to heal at any moment. And God is able to teach us through the hardest times of life. You say, well, man, I don't want to believe that. I just want to believe He heals everything. If you put your foundation on something... You know, you, you might one day have a crisis of faith if you don't biblically understand healing. God at any moment can heal. We're called to ask for healing. We're, all, we're called to ask for wholeness. We're called for the all elders of the church to lay hands and expect healing in every situation. But Whatever God has you go through, if He doesn't heal you, we're going to trust Him through it. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Altars are open. you lord hallelujah as we uh close in a word of prayer uh, we're gonna pray for this uh pandemic and uh i believe that god has called us not to be afraid he's called us to be cautious obedient to the guidelines that we've been given but he's called us also to be kind that means if you have 60 rolls of toilet paper and your neighbor has none them a half a row. Right? Mike gave me that punchline. I can't take credit. But God hasn't called us to run away. God hasn't called us to be self-preserving. God has made us for times like this. He's made us for times like this. We're not afraid. We're not full of anxiety. We're not full of fear. We're also very... uh, very um, realistic. We know what we need to do. We do what we need to do. We're not pushing it off and saying it's nothing. We're saying it's something. We love our neighbor. We don't want to go be exposed to a virus and take it to an elderly person that might might die from that. How many know that? I don't want anybody to get us a message. I've taken it lightly. But I want you to understand this is what we're made for. Made for being extra kind in this situation situation, extra loving, extra caring, extra going out of our way for our neighbor. This is what we're made for, church. And remember, don't be afraid also to go through shakings in your life. You know, I I, I pray that we all have the heart that says, God, shake me. I don't want anything holding on to me that's not eternal. You know, we hold on to things all the time that are not eternal. God just doesn't want that in our life. He wants us to care about people, love God through all this. Hallelujah. Don't blame God when it's shaking, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you so much, Lord. Lord, we rest under the shadow of your wings. We know that your hand is upon us, Lord God, and you've made us for this moment, Lord God. Make your ministers like a flame of fire. Oh, Father, let there be a uh, overflow of love, Lord, overflow of care, Lord God, an overflow of concern, Lord. Father, let us pour out to our neighbors, Lord God, take away all fear, anxiety. Father, I pray wisdom for our government officials, Lord, Lord, that they would make the right decisions, Lord God, that they would make decisions that are good for the public, Lord God. Lord, I pray for everybody, Lord, that they would be I have a special care and caution, Lord God, during this time, Lord. Lord, right now I pray for Troy. Father, I pray healing for his heart, Lord. Lord, that you touch him right now in the hospital bed and begin to heal his heart, Lord. Father, I pray that you calm his mind, Lord God, his fears, anxieties. Lord, let him rest in your presence. Lord, I pray that you would help him moving forward, Lord. Lord, help him with his exercise, his diet. Lord, those things that the doctors would like him to do, Lord God, give him strength to do it, Lord. Touch him right now, we pray, wholeness and healing on his body, Lord. Bless his spirits right now, Lord God, lift him up. Lord, we thank you for everything, Lord. Bless your church, Lord. Bless our day, Lord. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray, Amen.